0: it's sponsorship time ladies and gents we're brought to you once again by four links what exactly is four links I realized my previous ad was a little convoluted as passionate as it might have been um, what is four links four links is a multi-course golf membership that uses a precisely engineered point system flexible enough for any lifestyle members gain access to a growing list of golf courses exclusive video content a unique unique experiences with just one monthly fee giving you the option and variety to play wherever you want in the four links roster that covers Nevada california in arizona um does fallings require a long-term commitment you ask are, they, are these guys just keep you in for like three years and you know and, and still leave your money no each billing cycle month to month renews every 30 days you can cancel or pause your account at any time they're good guys they're nice people um and how do fallings points work, work exactly well you use them to pay for your tea times depending on what plan you select uh, i.e., depending on how much money you pay per month, determines how many points you get. You get a certain amount of points each month. Each plan is a different cost per point. No money is ever exchanged at the golf course, and green and car fees are always included. Perfect for these social distancing, weird time motherfuckers. Um, and I also need to alert you and push in a direction um, of falling to new fantasy platform, the new way to enjoy the PJ Tour, um, where you play head to head matches, you pay challenge matches, there's all sorts of matches, you pick your winners. Fallings give you a great breakdown of uh, of each play and their chances for each week in the course and the tournament. And myself uh, and Sam Kesson, the COO of Fallings, uh, discuss it in very much uh, very much detail um, on Tour Talk on a weekly basis to give you guys the best chance to earn points to play by playing fantasy golf. Guys, go check them out. Amazing company, fallings.com Back to the motherfucking podcast. I'll kick us off.
1: Uh, what Absolutely. is up,
0: everyone? Uh, welcome to another episode of Tour Talk. Sam Kesson, of course, joined us uh, on this fine Monday. First thing I'm going to bring up, Sam, is what the fuck did we just witness that weekend? And was it to our credit? Did he hear this? Did he hear our sort of podcast over this summer and gain some motivation from us slacking him
1: off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems to be like a weekly ritual that anybody we're given the business to wins the next week. So. Although no, I did win. pick him. You did. You did. I did pick him out of that group. So, I for all the slagging off, I still turned around and put my money behind him.
0: To be fair, it's July. I think it's July. He Memorial, he went 80-80. Then he withdrew at the 3M Open. And then August came round, and he's gone 12th second win. Um. So, like, I guess, look, I, it's not like our thoughts and opinions weren't substantiated by some real shitty rounds and shitty results. But he, like... DJ's taken his game like that's as good a golf I've ever 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 seen him play. It's like it's, he's taken it like up a notch. He's almost he's like redefined his 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 sort of like his best, which I think is at his stage of his career is admirable. Like absolutely admirable. Um and I c I can't give him enough credit. Like how he can go from shooting two fucking rounds in the eight like eighty eighty, which is atrocious for him. It's bad enough for like any other guy in the, in the event, but for him, Justin Johnson, twenty-two-time PJ Tour winner, major winner, to shoot eighty-eight. He's ridiculous. And then in a in a, a month a month down the line, he's shooting what? What? What did he go this weekend? Did he go sixty-seven, sixty? Well, what did what he, he ended he at
1: something like thirty under par? Right? Yeah, he was thirty I, under. I mean, he was thirty
0: I, under, but like the the rounds were just like ridiculous. Like the the, the, the 60 ball striking. was
1: eleven of it. Sixty, I think he was sixty-seven was the first day. So over the weekend. It would have been, I mean, it would have been the same 127 that he shot. The, the first, <laughs> I mean, he, wasn't he wasn't he 15 under going into the weekend? He was, yeah, he, seen, he, yeah, he was. So, I mean, he shot 67, 60, and then shot whatever the equivalent of that is for two rounds again. It, it just stupidly
0: consistent golf. Um, a, a few, a few, a few sort of things I noticed. Um, his he seemed to body language wise he was the same old DJ relaxed, but but sometimes his sometimes his relaxed look looks a bit laxadaisical. His relaxed look here just looked cool, calm, and collected, and in the zone. He like he had a real good flow about his posture, about the way he was walking, his speed, etc. He was flushing his iron shots like rid- ridiculous. Everything was going like ten feet. Um, I noticed that uh, his caddy is it Austin. Is it Austin? Is his brother? Um, yeah. He was reading a lot of the put, and I'm I, and I wonder how much that's got to do with it because he's was, he was actually putting the ball very well, and it seemed to he seemed to sort of take the the readings part of the um, of the game out completely, trust his brother, and, and and go for it. But like every part of his game was was on point, and that that's as good a performance we've seen from any golfer for as long as I can remember on tour. Sam.
1: Yeah, and I think that it it reinforces a thing that we probably already knew about DJ, which is that he's one of those five or eight guys on tour that if he brings it in a given week, you're going to have a hard time beating him. Yeah. You know, there are certain guys like, you know, there are some guys who can, uh, you know, I would say there's a small handful of guys who, if they, if they show up with their a game, they're going to win period. And DJ is definitely one of those guys. You know, I think Rory is certainly one of those guys. I mean, Kepka is definitely one of those guys. I think Tiger's still one of those guys. I don't think Tiger gets to that A-game level nearly as frequently or can sustain it over the course of four rounds. It's been a while since we've seen that. But I still think he is one of those guys that if he brings everything he's got, he's going to win.
0: Yeah. And I think I think Sunday was a shining example of that. Like he he looked sharp Sunday, right? He he looked good. And that
1: sixty six like that seemed kind of almost like the highest score that he could have shot too. Yeah,
0: he shot he shot that he shot that with a level of ease. He, he missed he missed a, It's weird as soon, as soon as I turned it on, he missed a three footer on like the fifteenth or something. But still, there was there was a real freedom to his swing. And he's been and one thing that was consistent throughout the week was his driving. He was driving the ball very, very, very nice. He, he seemed to have so much control. He was actually pumping out there and keeping up with Rory as well on the weekend, which was really encouraging to see. Even, even one of Tiger's three words nearly out drove Rory's driver. Like he was, he was putting some gas on. He was, he was, he was, I think his average driving distance was like 296, which is far, you know, everyone talks about like, you know, three twenty three thirty. What they don't realize is that's the drives that they see on top tracer. You know, not every hole is playing downwind, downhill. Uh, gets kicked off of ridges, etc. Like two nine six is the average driving distances. Is, is um is is good going. Um, and he was driving it straight. He was drawing it. He was fading it. He had a freedom with his irons on that last day. The the the, uh, the the sort of distance control was there, and it was nice to see some momentum build with the putter from I guess Thursday to Sunday. There seemed to be uh, yeah Thursday he put it well. He well. he didn't put very well of sort of um Friday Saturday, but he seemed to have he seemed to improve. Um, seemed to improve pretty drastically on Sunday. So that's some nice momentum to take into the BMW.
1: Yeah, I think it's odd with Tiger that uh, his putting, like for better or for worse, in the old days, it seemed like his streaks, the good and the bad, lasted longer. That now mm. it's like day to – it seems like day to day – like, you know, that him putting well Thursday doesn't say shit about what he's going to do on the (laughs) greens on Friday, you know, usually like you expect guys, like if they're in a groove with the putter, that groove lasts a little bit. If they're in a slump, that slump lasts a little bit. It hasn't seemed to be that way for Tiger. And I don't know if that's, I mean, you can argue on the one hand, that's a good thing that when he puts poorly, he can get himself out of it quickly on the flip side of that. You know, it's, it's tough to Navigate that kind of in- inconsistency on the greens over the course of seventy-two holes. You know, I, I I wonder what it is that's causing such disparity from day to day. I d- I don't know if it's the fact that because he's
0: because he's playing and practicing so much in Florida, he's sort of losing he's losing the feel for adapting week on week to different greens and different conditions, you know, because he's not playing as regularly as other guys and therefore experiencing less variety. Maybe, maybe his feel's been dismantled somewhat with the regularity he's putting at home. He, if, maybe if we went home and watched him put in his back garden, he'd then he'd be draining everything. But maybe, maybe he's just struggling to pick up the, 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 the subtle differences in the types of grass and speeds that other players are experiencing week in, week out.
1: Yeah, and I also think, too, that uh, to that point that, uh, like, struggling from day to day mm. strikes me as a speed issue mm-hmm. more than a stroke issue. That if it were a stroke issue, like, it, those aren't that easy to fix overnight, and when they get fixed, they usually stay fixed. But it seemed to me more like like I have an easier time buying that uh, he's having a harder time adjusting to the speeds on a regular basis because it's not something he's doing as much as he used to do it.
0: It makes sense, right? But I, I, the other thing that, yeah. com- that that commentators talk about now, look, there's one thing I really don't understand. Like w- when they talk about the golf swing, I, I get it, right? They make when they make certain coaching references that you kind of got to know golf to really understand what they're talking about. One thing I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of grasp the concept of Sam. I don't know what your understanding is like of it, but when they talk about the putting stroke, I can't seem to get a feel of what they're talking about a lot of the time. When they talk about the put ahead releasing. You know they were saying Tiger's putter head wasn't releasing. I couldn't picture what releasing the putter head should look like. Uh, so I, I struggled to sort of empathize. But that—that's one comment uh, that a lot of the commentators were making was, you know, sometimes his putter head wasn't releasing. He was blocking quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, this his I
1: know a little bit about because my stroke is has some of this. Okay. Probably too much of this in it. But there are certain guys that are like square to square putters, and mm-hmm. what makes them a good putter is that the putter head stays square as far back as they can do it and as far through as they can do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there are other guys who are open and shut putters where, I mean, obviously I'm kind of exaggerating the terminology here, but essentially that they fan the putter face open on the way back and fan it closed on the way through. Like an arc almost. Yeah. More of an arc and, and, and more of like, kind of almost like, for lack of a better way of describing it, like almost like drawing their putts, like, Mm coming from the inside with the putter head closing through the ball. And I think when they're talking about Tiger releasing the putter head, like he talks a lot about how he wants to feel the toe of the putter turning over through impact. Oh God. You know, and that yeah. that creates kind of a tight, oh God, is a funny? <laughs> <laughs> that he wants to feel kind of that toe, that like toe releasing through the ball. That way he knows he's getting it kind of on the roll that he wants. And, and uh, you know, getting a little bit more of that kind of overspin as compared to sort of guys who are square to square putters, sometimes you see like that, that skids a little bit more. There's a little more loft to it. You know, it doesn't quite hug the ground the same way that something with a real good end over end roll does. Mm. And so I think uh, when they talk about Tiger releasing the putter head, they're kind of talking about what's that toe doing through the ball. Okay. And if he's not releasing it well, that I assume what they mean is that he's either releasing it too early and pulling putts or not releasing it enough and blocking them.
0: Okay, understood. Yeah, he, the, apparently he was talking about his putter, wasn't he? He said he had it sent away and they, they fixed the hosel on it. But apparently he's had the same shaft in that putter for 21 years. Um, That's
1: crazy. And but think, that having been said, I mean, you win 13 majors with a putter, 14 majors with a putter, yeah, I wouldn't fuck with it at all. No, no, <laughs> it, it,
0: apparently his feel is that precise with it, that if, if, you put, if you add a weight, the weight of a dollar bill, like a $100 bill. You yeah, he could You could, could feel that. And it sounds a bit like, it sounds a bit bullshitty, but at the same time, a can sorcery. you imagine, yeah. imagine how much he's helped that put it. It kind of makes sense as well, like to have that level of feel. And that's, maybe that's, maybe that's something that's playing against him, like the sensitivity that he has with his hands. Like is mm-hmm. one of his biggest strengths, but arguably, when you're not in a rhythm of playing very often in tournament conditions, it can be a bit of a detriment because you're so finely tuned to your, home conditions, perhaps.
1: Yeah, and I also think, too, you know, I don't, I, this would have been true of Tiger always, so I don't know why it would become more so the case now. Mm. But, but Tiger's very much a perfectionist, and sometimes, especially on the greens, you can get into the habit of correcting, like, overcorrections, you know, where you miss one putt and it's like, all right, whatever, I pulled it. Big deal. You know, and now all of a sudden your thought process on the next putt is, okay, what do I need to correct from the last one? And all of a sudden, by the end of that, of the thought process of, you know, or you block that one or or whatever it is, and all of a sudden now, like, you've hit a couple of bad putts, but you're starting to totally change your mechanical thoughts in an effort to try to rid yourself mm-hmm. of that one out of 20 times you don't do it quite right. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. and I think that can sometimes with a guy like Tiger, like, sometimes you're trying to fix a thing, that like the the fix will will create more uncertainty in your mind than the original problem did you know
0: yeah it's it's it, it's such a like a like when you really get into like the high performance mindset of these guys you start to of really understand how quickly your game can go either way because you're never far off a fix and you're never far off losing the fucking plot um, and it 's funny like with Rory you know the it, 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 criticism of rory 's over the last few weeks has been you know he looks he, he sort of looks a bit forced when he 's putting the golf ball and then in the For back sure. on the back line on sunday he he, he sort of i don 't know like it it's something just clicked and it looked different Sam where it 's hard to describe, but he definitely put it with more freedom, and you can tell with how the, with how aggressive he was being and sometimes I kind of think you've just got to trust yourself and let go when you're that talented. And, and Rory plays his best when the ball's flying into the hole. Like, at a good yeah, pace. I'd,
1: yeah, I definitely think Rory, especially with the putter, is one of those guys that when it gets going good, it gets going good. And when it gets going bad, it's like he can't make anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah literally. That he's not – he doesn't have that, that consistency. Like, even when Tiger wasn't – like, doesn't putt that well – like there gen there's generally a pretty you know it's the the hard eight footers that he'll struggle with, not the easy ones. It's the you know there are certain things about his game you could still take for granted even when it's not going that well that with Rory, like he's a candidate when he's not putting well to miss straight six footers, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, and so I think I think that uh, you know he he just does not have that that foundation of of solid putting to rely on and so i think he's a guy that's always kind of like looking for it and when he finds it it's like make as many as you can before it disappears <laughs> you know yeah
0: no I, 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 absolutely but it's just i don't know there, there was there was something cool that came out of this week was the fact that Roy and Tiger teed it up together over the weekend there's, there's a, they've got like a they've got a cool relationship those two the it, it was quite nice to to watch the coverage and listen to those guys talking to each other throughout the round. It was pretty cool to hear Joey and Tiger speak on more occasion. Um, and yeah, it, it, you, you saw obviously those guys get get a burger after the, um, grab a burger after the Saturday round. And, and now every golfer in the USA is uh, hyped on Diet Coke before the round. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I agree that it was cool to see those two guys. And I kind of got the feeling like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear what they said and I didn't, I didn't hear what they said about it, and I and obviously you weren't privy to what they said during the conversation. But I kind of felt like Rory wanted to talk to Tiger about, like, you know, it, it's been as much good golf as Rory's played over the last five years. I think if you sat him down and you he said, hey, I'm not going to disseminate this to the media or anything, but be honest with me, are you disappointed about your last five years? I think he would say, yeah, mm-hmm. that he want, he wants to compete in more major championships. You know, he hasn't really been... Much of a factor in major championships lately, he hasn't won as much as a guy of his talent should win lately, and I think that Rory may have taken. You know, Rory's a smart guy and and has been uh, proactive in the past about seeking out the counsel of of, of people who are kind of elder statesmen in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if that was Rory kind of taking this opportunity to say, "Hey, me and Tiger hung out a bunch this weekend. I'm going to see if he's willing to talk to me a little bit about kind of where I'm at and what he sees in my game." And what I can do to to get back to the level I know I can be at.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's almost like you know they they use that weekend to see if they could inspire each other to something else. Because like Tiger, Tiger, you know, you don't, you don't get to sort of Tiger's level without also recognizing things and other people that you could perhaps implement in your own in your own work. And I think oh, hang, hanging hanging sure. hanging around the younger people who are perhaps in the you know, still in the apex of their career still will will add a little bit of spice, add a little bit of you know. Had a bit of drive, like it, I, I'm sure Tiger came out the weekend feeling refreshed, playing with a good friend who's arguably the best golfer in the world. Um, you got to think that's beneficial for, for Tiger as well, and it, and it and it showed on that Sunday performance. I don't know if that was just a one-off or if it was just a, a good or he got a good feel he got and that that led to a led to a good round. But um, it really was really enjoyable watching watching those two play play golf together. Yeah, Rory didn't really get it going, but. Um, it was fun to see tiger hit some hit some really really elite shots um one thing i want to commend uh commend while 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 we're on the while we're on the topic um is, is golf tv do you, do you have the golf tv app and subscription in the us is that a thing? i don't
1: uh, uh well you get mo you're talking about like the content from discovery golf you can definitely yeah. sign up for that i have not but a lot of that content is made available through golf digest. And yeah. so uh, you don't really need the, the subscription. Like most of the tiger content specifically is being disseminated through golf digest. So all of those like at home with tiger woods, mm. and yeah. like all the post round interviews he does with Henny. And like, I actually think that this is an interesting uh, oh, I like kind of model as far as like trying to work with a guy like tiger that like, you know, rather than sending out like beat reporters to interview him post rounds and all that stuff to have created a uh, media channel that he has a vested interest in making better and setting him up with an interviewer who will be consistently the same person who will be with him on a regular basis and whose vested interest is the same as his, I think was really smart. Yeah, I, and I, I think yeah. you've seen like a, an amount like a type a content type from Tiger. You would never I, I, the premise 15 years ago that Tiger would videotape hanging around at his house and, and like playing with the dogs and showing you his backyard and all that. Like all of that is totally new as far as I'm concerned, you know, as far as like an approach to the media from Tiger Woods. And I think it has a lot to do with that. They've made him a part of a part of the process, you know, that, that at the end of the day, it's for his benefit, too. Yeah, I, I think
0: it's it's such a smart play. Whoever whoever organized that, I think first play like first things first. A huge shout out to Henny Henny Zule, who out of nowhere has become the sort of the bespoke Tiger Woods journalist.
1: Whisperer. Um, she's she's like his, his uh, Stuart Maiden or what? Who was the guy with Bobby John? <laughs> uh, o- Ob Keeler. Ob Keeler. Stuart, Stuart Maiden was the teacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh like you know the Bob drum or whatever to t- to Tigers Arnold Palmer like literally you know, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of those guys in the old days like had their guy, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 really interesting to see because you know it's it's one thing approaching Tiger Woods and saying, "Look, we've we, we've got this plan," you know, a section of the PJ Tour is called Golf TV. We want uh, to do exclusive content with you, etc. You know, it, you know, um, create a relationship where you can, I guess, where we can show the public some more, increase your brand up, uh, brand depth, blah 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 blah. It's all good and well pitching Tiger that, but someone's actually going to execute that relationship, and she's she's been able to get really close to him very quickly like he he he's at ease when he speaks to her i think because he knows she's not gonna take the piss she knows he knows she's gonna ask insightful questions and they've got they this also seem really, like really good report. yeah yeah that's what i mean it looks yeah. like a genuine friendship and the reason why i brought it up is because i you know that that, that post round photo was um was tiger's like you know go-to friend like i don't know what you'd call him like a what is he, Rob? Is he called Rob? The, uh, he just knocks around. Rob with, McNamara? Yeah, yeah. He just sort of like, I don't know, he's just a lifelong friend that sort of supported him mentally, I guess, throughout his career. Um, Henny Zule and Rory, I was like, Henny Zule, you, you sneaky motherfucker, you, you, you're in all the right places at the moment. So, like, fair know, play to been, her. She's killed it. She uh, really and by the way,
1: I never fucking saw her in my life prior no, to
0: this. No, no. I do fucking know her. I, th- I think she used to I don't to know do, where they pulled bro, her from. To yeah. Golfing World. So, like, on um, There used to be, like, a, a show on Sky Sports called Golfing World, I think, where... You know they do like a, they go to a random challenge tour event in Uzbekistan, and like you know take a golfer out of one of those events and talk to him and discuss the you know discuss the area they're playing. I'm sure I've seen on some really low key not shit but like you know like not not the most popular popular sort of uh, thing in the golfing world to like being tiger's number one so like fair fucking play to her for for going out there and killing it she she speaks with so much i guess um Passion, knowledge like I, I honestly can't fault the job she's done. Um, and it's in the reason why I like it is because we're able to see Tiger in a completely different light because he's so relaxed when he speaks with her. And when it gets to the end of his career, we're going to be able to have this magnificent, you know, last stand style documentary that takes right the way from the start to the end. But we're going to be able to, I guess, end the documentary with real finesse because of the quality of the content from the last sort of five to ten years of his career because he was able to build a good relationship with with the journalist, which I think's um I think is actually really important for his legacy, like when you think about it. Like I think of Michael Jordan's legacy, how much that went through the roof because of the quality of the last dance. He's, twi- oh, yeah. he's twice he's twice the I, man. I, he's twice the man in most people's eyes because most people especially across the pond Sam, you know, have got have got know who Michael Jordan is, know what team he played for. Other than that, they're going to struggle. Now everyone's like, oh, I remember the playoffs against, uh, against the Pistons, blah, blah, blah. And like, all of a sudden, they're NBA experts.
1: Like... <laughs> well, and, I mean, picture, you know, imagine, like, the 08 U.S. Open. If you were getting content, like, Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night. <laughs> stop it, you know, stop uh, it, stop it, stop while, it. right, like while he was like trying to rehab the leg and and, and get it into game shape and
0: maybe Butch Butch you know, comes in and gives him gives him a little pointer like old right, school Butch like, know, yeah.
1: Crazy. Yeah, you know, and so I definitely think I I think that there's been a a uh, an interesting kind of push and pull back and forth between these really iconic athletes and like the question of how much access to open up in this day and age. And that I think at first there was an understandable reluctance on a part of a lot of these people to say, Hey, like all of this is too invasive and get it the fuck out of my face. Like, like I I don't want this. And then I think as time has gone on, uh, you know, and I think some people have kind of like paved the way for what some of these relationships could look like. But little by little, guys like Jordan and Tiger have gone, Okay, there's a way to do this where I can control the creative side of it, still put a pretty good show on for the viewer and give them a lot more of me than they're used to getting as it is Mm. and still manage to retain, you know, sort of the the level of privacy that I want, you know, and, and the creative control I require over what's being said and written about me. And I think that guys like Jordan and Tiger have found ways to kind of become their own content farms, in a way that uh, I think is going to give us a lot more of these guys than we were we used to get when the, their relationships with the with the media was more adversarial because their interests were not quite aligned the way that you mm. see them aligned now. You know, like Jordan obviously wants that documentary to be good. Like he obviously has a financial stake in the in the documentary being good. And so he was going to give you more access, more content, more you know, reveal more of himself or whatever, because it was in his interest to do it. And I think Tiger, you're seeing the same thing with him, in a way that's really you know, helping illuminate the thought process of one of the best ever.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you, you yeah, you, you said it so well. I, I think they've they've got it nailed. And, and the other really cool thing, about, us, about sort of golf TV for for again for for, for European guys. Um, Sky Sports obviously showed the European Tour event during the morning and the day, right? So we don't get to see the the early tee-offs of the PGA Tour event unless it's on the West Coast, really. So, you know, when Tigers teeing off at like 4 p.m. Central European time on a Saturday, there's no way to see it other than to have the Golf TV subscription. So I'm just, I, I'm just wherever I am, I just, you know, get the app up and I, I'm, watching, I'm watching live coverage of the Tour, which is like... So mm-hmm. so convenient for me. So like I don't really have to miss any golf now. Whereas before I was I was just you know we, we talked about reliance on one particular party before we started recording. But I I I had over reliance on Sky Sports Golf, and if they if they didn't have the coverage, I'm I'm fucked. Whereas now I've got I've got golf TV. So I'm I'm liking I'm liking what they're doing. I thought I'd give them a shout out because I think they're doing a real good job in. I guess steering Tiger Woods I guess you know, last chapter down the down the right path, and giving him uh, the best possible chance to end his career how he deserves to end it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, it's uh, obviously it was great. To, it was great to see the the, the FedEx Cup playoffs kick off. Some surprising performances, I thought, both good and bad. I expected Tony Finau to to feature. He he didn't. Jason Day faded off, back to old form. Um, and then we've seen some surprising performances, right, from the likes of uh Harris English, for example, right, who who on the quiet has actually performed pretty well since since um since you know since since the resume of the of the PJ tour. But it's, it's got me really excited because of this this incredible stretch. And what I noticed was um you know, bar the PGA Championship, this event did have more prestige to it. It did feel Bigger because the field was so good, and we get to do it all over again this week at the BMW. Um, what,
1: what, what are your thoughts on this event historically, Sam? I love it. You know, yeah, I think uh, I don't remember Olympia Fields like at all. Mm. I, I, I think they've gone there maybe a couple of times. I uh, like. I remember like Conway Farms. I remember uh, Crooked Stick. I remember. I think I want to say they did it at Chicago Golf Club one year, uh, but but the venue has changed so much, and this one in particular, I don't I don't remember anytime recently that I don't have it. I mean, the field is obviously going to be great, though. There have been some disappointing guys that uh, are not moving on. Obviously, Kepka withdrawing prior to the start of the tournament last week was disappointing. You know, it really makes you feel like uh, how competitive is he going to be come the U.S. Open? Uh, so that was disappointing. out out. Jordan. Yeah, Fowler out, Jordan Spieth out. Fowler out's a definite surprise, you know. But but that having been said, I mean, this season, how how much good good is there to say about his game? <laughs> you know, did he did he I win? He, he
0: won at the start of the season, right? Where he, he won hmm. with a final round. Didn't he have shoot like a what event was it? he shot like a final round seventy three and still won? Did he, when he when he, dropped, when he had that drop um, on the side of the hill and it rolled back into the woods. I don't even.
1: I, I don't even think that was this year. No, it was I last think, that uh, was
0: last season. That was last season, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. The start of last think, season. Cause I read an article over the weekend that said that he only had two top tens all year. One of them was at the tournament of champions, which is like a 28 person field. So a top 10 isn't blowing anyone's skirt up. And then the other one was like, he finished tied for 10th. I think it at, at what used to be the Bob Hope out in Palm Springs, uh, at PGA West, four links golf course. Uh, and and other than that, he hadn't finished in the top ten, I don't think since. And
0: for a guy what of that, was that? caliber, that's
1: tough. That's tough golf. I think you're thinking of the waste management from a year ago, not this season, but the previous season.
0: Yeah, because Webb Webb won it this season, didn't he?
1: I think that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think I think Webb just pipped Fino on the last. Right. Right. Right.
1: It was um, another like, why can't we now figure it out on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it
0: was another one of those, another one of those narratives. Another... Yeah,
1: add that to the list. Yeah. Uh,
0: it it it's, I, it it is surprising seeing Ricky like that, and obviously he's made the changes. Um, that would I guess make you think that he's going to go in the right direction, but he is in a bit of he, he's in a bit of like a, a bit of a tough spot, really. I think we, I think we've discussed this before, saying he could quite easily become the next Hunter Mahan uh, without even. Like all of a sudden, without realising, yeah, he's he's probably more talented, but Hunter Mayan was was challenging at nearly every event. I remember watching in 2012, and you know what what's he done in the last five six years? I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I I just, I just don't know what to expect of Ricky. I, I'm desperate to see him reach the top of the game. I've said it before. Like watching him play golf, uh, he's got so much sort of you know finesse, swag, like style. Like it'd be a shame to see him dwindle from the world's golfing elite. But he's he, 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 you know he needs to sort of uh, he needs to start the next campaign uh very quickly I think
1: I'll say this about Fowler and this might be unfair mm-hmm. but uh Spieth is struggling and written all over his face is that he knows it and he hates it yeah and it's driving him fucking nuts and you're seeing him you know like like borderline you know reduced to to Half like with what, what almost looks like tears on the fucking range, you know, just like sitting there Indian style with his coach, with the look on his face, like I don't know what the fuck to do, you know, and and I respect the hell out of that about Spieth. That like this is that for all the money he has and the marketability and and you know like he, he's got enough accolades that he'll be fine on the tour, even if he plays this way. You know, he'll keep his card most years, and he'll get into plenty of events, and he'll make plenty of money. But he is beyond not content with that and knows how good he is and knows that, that there's a better guy in there. Mm-hmm. I don't see in Ricky Fowler a lot of, like, frustration, you know. Like, he doesn't seem that upset by the by the situation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's just, like, an, an unfair, you know, I, I'm watching him on TV, and I'm saying that he does I'd like to see him like slam some clubs or see him get pissed. Like, you know, like when you don't live up to your own standards, that should frustrate you. Like that you should be ambitious enough that you have those expectations of yourself. And when you let yourself down, it should bother you. I don't get the impression from like, if you ask Ricky Fowler, if he had a good year, I feel like he'd say, Hey, I got married. I made some money. You know, I had some fun all in all could have had a worse year, you know? And I think if you ask Jordan Spieth, he'd be like, ah, oh, this has been a nightmare, Yeah, you know? And like, because to him at the end of the day, the money and all that shit's great, but he's a competitor. And when he's not competing at a level that he knows he can, he cannot be a happy person like that. Yeah, I don't get yeah. that sense from Ricky at all. I get the sense from Ricky that Ricky could not finish in the top 10 all year and be a very happy guy the whole time. Yeah, and, and look, the, 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 that obviously is that gonna... might be a compliment. You know, like in some ways, you could yeah. say that's a compliment to a guy to be to have a mentality where he's a, a happy person no matter how it goes out there. Yeah, but I think that there's some. I think there's something to. Uh, that speaks to a lack of a certain level of hunger that i 've always wondered if that existed in ricky
0: yeah i i think you you, you raise a really good point because again again it's it 's this nuance um that you know either dictates uh, a, a ridiculously high level performance or, or or going off the map completely we, we you know it 's such a fine a fine game of margins we talk about in this instance you know perhaps Ricky is able to detach his identity um from what he do, you know from what he does in the golf course, right and that 's healthy he 's not defined by the game of golf; he is Ricky Fowler, the person before he' is Ricky Fowler, the golfer, which can only be healthy at the same time. At what point does that deter or detract from um, your level of motivation where it needs to be that obsessive to really get to the to get to the heights like how do you become obsessed enough? To uh, you know, to to squeeze the most out of your potential, whilst also not letting it become your identity, it must be the hardest, I guess, mental battle that these players contend with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I think that's a tough, that's a a very fine line, and and that oftentimes, uh, guys have suicided their careers because of an inability to be content with the player they are hmm. and a desire to try to hit it longer or or, or this better, that better, you know, and, and when they embark down that road, they're never able to even get it back to where it was before they, they broke it down and tried to rebuild it, you know. And so I do agree with you that, that it's a scary uh, prospect, but it's also, to my mind, like, that was why Tiger was Tiger, is that Tiger was – there was always another level he felt like he could get to he was never happy with just what he had done, always wanted more, always felt like there's another level I can get to. There's another level I can get to. You know, and you look at at, at hyper achievers, they're all they all seem to kind of have that mindset. You know, the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jordans, you know, and, and I just think it's tough to be uh when you're as talented as as Ricky Fowler is but you're missing the results we expect from someone with that level of talent. Mm. There's, there's gotta be a missing piece in there somewhere. And it seems hard to imagine it's not any place, but between his ears.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got a new coaching, but like, I wonder how much he's working with like mental coaches. Like, you know, it almost sounds a bit ignorant, me and you discussing it because we're not involved in the elite professional aspects of the game, but would be interesting to understand what he's doing on a daily basis to Improve his sort of, his, his sort of, um, his sort of mental toughness. That's not to say he's weak. He's achieved a lot in the game of golf. He's quite clearly a mentally tough guy. But what I mean, what I really mean by that is, what can he do to get himself competing at the same level as the Kapcits, as the McElroys, as the Thomases, as the Rams that we know he's got the golfing game to do? It'll um, be, it'll be, it'll be really, it'll be really fucking interesting to, to to understand what 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 he's doing. And that's not to say that you know a lack of ambition, i.e. Yeah, not not being too bothered about winning majors is necessarily wrong, but it's like we're desperate to see that from him because we want to see him lifting big trophies. Because he's such a likable guy with so much time for people, does so much for charity. He seems really down to earth and humble. Um, you know, like he's he's a really likable character that you want to see succeed. But it's like at some point, surely, with the level of talent on display at the moment, where you know there's so much hunger in the in the youth to take your spot. It's like you need some form of killer edge. Um, you know otherwise and so, I also so it's think take too that spot. from
1: an outside perspective that from the standpoint of like the the general public and their perception of Ricky Fowler that there's something i don't know if, if this is i don't know if this is true for everybody or maybe this is unique to American culture. I think that uh people do not like you get a certain amount of uh latitude when you have a ton of talent to realize that talent, mm. yeah but there becomes a tipping point past which it's almost like the the media and the public don't forgive you for not getting out of it. What we think you ought to have gotten out of it. Yeah. And that, you know, cause I think, you know, and I, I suspect psychologically, some of that is uh like comes with the, Hey, like, I don't have that much talent. If I was as talented as he was, I would have done way more with it, you know, or that sort of like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that kind of a, a thought process sp- where it's like. Couch right, fun. Yeah, couch know, sports. Right. Fun, yeah. Or it's like, you're so lucky to be that good. How could you not want more? Yeah, you, you dick. Know? <laughs> yeah. You know, that if I, if I was that good, I would want way more. You know? and, yeah, exactly. and I, just think, I just think you get a certain amount of time and latitude before like, if you don't if if your results don't match our expectations based on our belief of what you're capable of that then there starts to become kind of an advers like uh, that 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 you know lovable part of Ricky Fowler starts going the other way you know and people start kind of like yeah. you know they lose a little bit of that you know i mean I, this is this is a pretty reductive example but like anna Kornikova – uh, all those sponsorships were all well and good until it became clear she couldn't win and then all of those sponsors that loved to sponsor her in the first place because she was the most beautiful tennis player anyone's ever seen eventually it was like you know what a- a- as pretty as you are like we don't really like you're we're tennis company so like we we want the person wrapping our product to to be good at tennis, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I I I get it. Like it's it's almost like a um, it's almost like at some point their position needs substantiating. It's it's like right. it's almost like I just had this sort of like penny drop sound when you're talking there. It. It's almost like it's all sport fandom is all sports fans are are just a bunch of people ejaculating their insecurities all over professionals. <laughs> cause like, yeah, really who are we, to demand, like, to, live, really, who we to demand to anything out of it? Yeah, yeah it's exactly where yeah, your performance dictates, you know, my place in this world.
1: <laughs> or, or at least it impacts my emotional uh, satisfaction in watching you as a, <laughs> you know, cause like, There, like some, an interesting way to look at sport is to say that this is televised entertainment, and that there are a lot of parallels you can draw between that and even scripted televised entertainment, and say that there are certain characters out there that have like the ending you want them to have, that the the storyline you want to see play out, you know whatever it is that that gives you that satisfaction in watching it, you know that 2019 Masters of Tiger tripled the last all and lost by one. You know, it, it's hardly everybody at home on the couch is like, you know, the feeling that you're going to have just having watched it is not nearly the same. Even though you might have been entertained for the three hours and you were glued to it or whatever, that because it did not resolve itself in the way that you wanted it to, it it definitely will diminish the the quality of the experience that you had. You know, and so I think sometimes with Ricky Fowler that. People just have so much of an expectation of how a story should be going and and it it's getting to the point where you know it's been and I think Rory, for all of his success, I don't think Rory's far from starting to get a rap like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for 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 all these, for all these like you know, for his consistent top ten performances, it's like how hang on Rory McIlroy. you took the fucking golfing world by storm in 2010 or whenever it is. You know, if you remember as well, going back to 2012, remember that Nike commercial where they had Rory and uh, Tiger hitting balls through people's windows? It's like, yeah. you know, the, the PJ Tour and Nike sat their arses down. It's like, how are we going to make this whole tour about the, the, about, the, you know, about the duel between fresh blood and the, the old veteran fending them off? Like, how are we going to make this about two alphas going at it um, and it never really materialized, too. I guess you know through through injuries and and through I guess um, periods of of poor form and you know an abundance of other talent. But um, it's true, like you know, sponsors try and you know curate the narrative that they think the public want to see, right? And and they're they're so quick to pivot and change when that doesn't quite materialize.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I also think too that uh, I think one of the most it's a different when Rory was younger. Like, yeah, he had a lot of expectations, but those expectations were kind of like future oriented, and he seemed to have a lot of time to yeah. achieve them. They're in the distance. Yeah, yeah, they were in the distance. So it was like we expect you to win majors, but it's okay if you don't do it yet. Like, not a lot of people. Like when Rory melted down at that Masters, you know, when you go back and watch that, like, you look at him, he looks like he's fifteen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And like, and the way that everybody kind of reacted was like, it wasn't the same way as like when Norman blew it in '96, and you were just like, "Oh my God," you know, like, like how could somebody that good be that bad with Rory? It was like, "Oh, he's young, he's immature, he'll figure it out," you know, like this will be a great learning experience for him. Blah blah blah. Like that was kind of it. That and that, you know, I think Jordan Spieth would speak to this same thing. It's a different animal to play golf when you're trying to climb a mountain that you've never climbed before. That's one thing. Like there's a certain level of hunger and drive and, and whatever else I think it's a, another animal entirely to when you've been to the top of the mountain to, to go back to the bottom and then drag your ass back up the mountain again. And to keep doing that and doing that and doing that, that takes a very special type of person. I think it's a lot easier to be, the guy that goes on the three-year heater, and and that's the the you know the Haley's Comet shooting across the sky of what that guy's going to be, you know to to be Tiger and to do it in '97 and 2000 and 05 and, and to, to just Relentless. keep on doing it, right? To have that, I think that's a much it's a much harder thing to do, and I also think that uh, you success creates certain expectations of yourself that oftentimes are hard to live up to, you know, like I remember this is a a really thin parallel, but I remember like I won a couple club championships at my dad's golf club in Long Island. Hmm. And the first one, I didn't expect to win at all. I was real hungry to win it. And, and I'm glad I won. And then when I defended, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that either. The third one I expected to win. And I got blown out in the, first round, in the first round of match play by a guy who I really felt was way worse at golf. than. I was. And I definitely remember feeling like, you know what? Pressure is one thing when it's uh, like exterior in nature, uh-huh. that, that it's the moment or whatever it is. But when it's like your expectations of yourself that's a different animal, like yeah. like going into a thing where you expect yourself to win. That's a hard place to be, you know, as opposed to feeling like like this is going to be a dog fight. And and, you know, like it's going to take my absolute best to do this. Yeah. The I should do blank is is a hard because it's almost like there's no winning there. That if you win, you should have won. And yeah. And if you lose, you then you suck, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, you you you, you're sort of right. You you're you're bringing the fire tonight. Some some really really interesting points, and (laughs) I think that I I think perhaps that's where 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 that detachment, where the ability to detach yourself from the outcome comes is in the preparation and leaving no stone in turn. Because even if, the, if, even if you are then putting the pressure on yourself to, you know, to, 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 to exceed all expectations and, and to win time and time again, at least you can rest on the knowledge that you've done everything possible in your, in your, within your control to control the outcome that you so desire, right? I think that's where Tiger's got it so beautifully correct. No one has worked harder. Full stop. It's it's a given. Like no, everyone fucking knows, Tiger Woods is the hardest working sportsman to have to have lived. Yeah, he, uh, Jordan Jordan's obviously fucking like probably on par with him as well, right? But you know he, he's in, he's in like the top two or three, four guys of all time sportsmen who who worked hard. And I think maybe that's why he was able to keep bringing it because. He left no stone unturned, and then at that point you can detach yourself from the outcome. But if you know you fucking skipped the skip the range session, or you or you weighed something bad, or something like you no, know, that 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 sort of intrinsic pressure, sort of you no. Know, starts as motivation and very quickly becomes the, the reason for you not performing the best. And then you start looking at yourself more. You start blaming your integrity more. And then you lose that sort of trust you have with yourself. Right? Like like we, we've folded it before. If we start the day and we need to do things, right, whether it be, you know, whether it be laundry, whether it be doing some tasks at work, and we don't do them you lose a bit of confidence in yourself, right? You lose, you, you lose a bit sure. of self-esteem because your relationship with yourself is important. And even if it's just simple tasks, doing things that you know you need to do and set out to do, having that discipline sort of creates that, creates that sort of, I guess, um, comfort with yourself, right? That you're able to follow through. Um, and I think that's where Tiger's got it so right and maybe others have failed, failed to do so. One win turns into, oh, I'm good enough to do this now. Like, I'm gonna, I can do this whenever I fucking want. Well, no, you can't. Um, so yeah, yeah m- 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 maybe that's something that we, maybe that DJ has realised because Butch, e- e- even um, Claude, Claude the III's been saying so much about how much work the guy's been putting in. Like maybe that, maybe like this, just whole golf thing is as complicated as it seems. Leave no stone unturned. Whatever results come, you can then sit with because you did what you had to, what you what you could. Right. Whereas with Ricky. Do you think he puts in? Do you think he works like Do, like, do you think he's the work, hardest worker on tour? I don't get that impression. No,
1: I don't get that impression from him at all. No,
0: um, I also, I'm sure I he works hard, get, but hardest worker? I don't know.
1: I also get the impression that he's exceeded his own expectations for himself. Yeah, because
0: yeah, 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 that's, yeah that, that's another fair point, but it, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to understand that, like when you, when you don't know the person, but you can only think a guy with that talent who's that happy to have only won five times with his, with his sort of, uh, with his potential is like, it's frustrating from us, but who are we to set expectations on him? Right. But no, and same, even yeah. when
1: he, and even when he doesn't, you just don't even in interviews with him, he seems like, uh, passive. He, see he seems like he brushes it off. Like, mm. like, you know, have, you know, like I haven't played that great this year, but, whatever, you know, it kind of seems to be like the vibe he gives off, you know, like he doesn't give off that like simmering kind of disappointment that Spieth gives off.
0: Yeah, or Justin Thomas, on the other hand, who is literally clinging on to Tiger Woods, like that man, like now he knows that he's got a relationship with Tiger, he is like a sponge, he's milking him. He went, to, he went to wing foot with him. He spent as much time as he can in Florida. His dad made a comment about how good Tiger's been to him, about how receptive Justin Thomas has been to Tiger. Like He's really taking advantage of that relationship to try and get the most out of himself. Justin Thomas is a guy who I think he's probably in the top five hardest workers on tour. You just get that level of urgency about the guy. His, his intensity is there. I know everyone's... You all, pers- people's intensity personalities, is a good word for it. Yeah, like, people's yeah. personalities vary. I get that. But when it comes to your golf game, like... Like there needs to be some form of intensity. Like I know we talk about DJ being being like so laid back, but you know even when he's playing and he looks laid back, there there is an intensity to to his play still. Even though it's in his own way, there's something, there's a zone there. There's like a high performance zone that he's able to reach that he's carved out. Where like I don't we, I, I've only seen it from Ricky a handful of times. Uh, the final the final six holes of the players in 2015, or or the final round of the Masters 2018. But it's just it's just been too far. It it just it, it just hasn't happened enough that we've seen his an intense Ricky Fowler. He's just happy. It seems happy to go through the motions, pure in the golf ball. I also you know? even
1: when I see Justin Thomas fail, I hear exactly the things that I want to hear out of him after he fucking day. love it when he drained like, that put against yeah.
0: Morikawa in the playoff as well. Like that that was that was amazing. Like he's got so much fire in him.
1: Well, and when he lost, uh, and he came oh, in, and he God, said, yeah. it's just fucking. And he's like, it's just fucking unacceptable. Like, I had a three-shot lead with three holes left and couldn't get it to the house. Like, I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Like, that can't happen. <laughs> love that shit. Love it. Yeah. And I love that. I, I thought when I heard that, I'm like, here's a guy who holds himself to a certain standard and is fucking pissed when he doesn't live up to that standard. And that that is, a uh, in my mind, a high-achiever mindset.
0: Yeah, but look, Sam. That was we're uh, we're gonna have to move on to to this week's fantasy picks. But that was a that was a real, real fun detour. Thanks for that, man. Um, I hope I hope people got got some value into 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 those thoughts and opinions. And like, that's something that I love about about the game of golf that perhaps doesn't get discussed is discussing the nuances between each player their situations their form their family life the varying types of uh, course that you've got to play the different kinds of conditions the different you know level of events there's just golf's such a matrix and there's so many elements to enjoy out of it like if you if you can just sit through a couple of events and start to understand what the commentators are talking about you know when you look at form guides earnings et cetera when you really get into the the thick of the p j tour and professional golf in general um there's just so many aspects to to enjoy and uncover absolutely uh one of them is fantasy golf
1: <laughs> this week's season two uh,
0: to olympia fields BMW championship
1: first rate segue <laughs>
0: it, it was good right um another another stack field um Take us away, Group A, for some familiar names.
1: Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, John Rahm. Uh, I mean, it's part, hard of me, not part, to part of me pick is like, how is... the fuck do you not pick? <laughs> yeah, like what kind of asshole would you have to be not to pick Justin Dustin Johnson? <laughs> but then there's also a part of me that's like, A, everyone's going to do that. B, like... You, you go put up a week like that. They always talk about how like it's hard to follow one good round after another. Well what's it like following one tournament like that up after another? You know, but Dustin Johnson strikes me as a guy that when he gets hot he stays hot. So I'm not gonna overcomplicate my pick here. Dustin Johnson I yeah. mean can we pause before we move on to to this, I do want to pause for one second and sure. say how unbelievable was it that Scotty Scheffler shot fifty nine and within an hour of when he shot it, nobody gave a fuck anymore. <laughs> How amazing was that? Yeah, that Dustin yeah, Johnson yeah, was 11-under yeah. through 11, like like 30 minutes after Scotty Shepard posted the 59, and everybody forgot about Scotty Shepard. There,
0: there, there are like 12 players in history to ever do it in a tournament round. Scotty Shefford's one, and the poor guy gets gets overshadowed and twenty <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And, and the other thing that completely cheapened Scotty Sheffield's performance was his poor Caddy going down injured on the
1: ninth <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a shame.
0: <laughs> getting getting, uh, getting getting driven off the golf course. It was just like it it was kind of like um the worst fifty nine Scottish
1: Sheffield could have ever shot. <laughs> As and it by sounds. the way, sixty might have been the highest score Dustin John I mean that if, was looking like a fifty six ju- at one point. Yeah, if you were to put Dustin Johnson hitting the ball like that on the 12th tee, 11 under, he's going to beat 60 most of the time, I think. I yeah, like, yeah.
0: I would have loved to have seen I would love to have seen a 57.
1: You know? Me too. I was so I was rooting for that too. But I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mister Fi- Mister sixty, Mister thirty under par. <laughs> how, how can I not?
0: You talk about yeah. You said we, we always talk about you know not making the obvious choice all the time because you know it's what sets you apart from the rest. But at the same time, you know if the guy wins the tournament, it's a good fucking pick. And, and you know unlike other people, DJ has won back to back before. Um, he is capable of going on streaks, and it's hard to understand. What can really change in a three-day period, a three or four-day period? Like, what's what's drastically drastically going to change in his golf game? You know, to 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 dramatically um you know decrease the um the, the, the his performance. I just I just don't see his golf game changing that much. Yeah, we're changing golf courses, but the guy striping the golf ball, his ball striking is fucking excellent. Um, uh he was driving the ball incredibly well. He looks fit. He looks healthy. Um, yeah, you I, I can't not pick. I can't not pick DJ. Um Bryce de very disappointing by the way before we move on to group B. Yeah. Um
1: I yeah. don't know. He's a guy he's a guy that I'm uh, I'm still unclear as to whether that was a heater or whether that's the guy that he's that he is, you know.
0: Yeah, like you like look you can't expect you can't expect top 10s out of him every fucking week. Um and I guess it wasn't atrocious golf. Um but yeah, maybe we just peaked too soon in the season you know like we we yeah, talked about mem- me. momentum momentum's huge Sam, maybe that guy put in so much work march april you no know, re- ready for that was it may restart he came in he came in hotter than anyone else because he worked the hardest probably been the most active and now guys have got back in the flow maybe he's just sort of uh, fell back into the pack a little bit
1: definitely possible uh group b all right group b we have Patrick Cantlay, Adam Scott, Jason Day, Webb Simpson, Gary Woodland, Tiger Woods.
0: Hmm. my um my, so for me I'm I'm going straight to two people. Uh it's Tiger Woods and it's Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson has been like he's been he's been real consistent. I know he's had a few bad performances chucked in there, but you know generally speaking, uh he's been he's been good. He's, he's putting on the final days have been something um, that's been really impressive. Um, he's been really aggressive on the last days. Put another good performance uh, this past week. He's a guy I'd expect to see at Atlanta. No problem at all. Um, and is he, and a guy and he, no, he's a guy who quite quietly has become, um, for me, like, yeah, I know the world rankings speak to it, but like he's become that elite level of golf that I didn't really think he'd ever be. I always had him down as like a... Um, Try to think of a, of a golfer to to like them to, but like you know that second tier good who can get hot, who can make radical but not quite the upper echelons of excellence. I kind of feel like Webb's crept into that, you know I think he 's like eight eight or I think he 's got eight tour wins, maybe nine tour wins, um a lot of top tens, a lot of impressive performances, so Webb Simpson stands out for me there, but i can 't ignore that Sunday from Tiger Woods. He looks so at ease with his swing um his his uh his, his distance control was spot on. Is putting maybe a bit erratic, but the guy's putting the ball in the fairway with the big stick, and you know it's a, it's only a matter of time before someone like Tiger Woods is going to take advantage of that performance off the tee. Um, I'm going to go with Tiger Woods. I, 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 it's, and not look, a, it's
1: not a bad choice, and I think you know, I, I, and I
0: think I've got some. It's not like I'm just picking him because I fucking love him. Yes, that as well. But I I kind of feel like there's um I kind of feel like there's some performance or, or some stats to back that up as well.
1: Yeah, I mean. Certainly, having seen what we saw on Sunday, it doesn't seem like such a bad choice. Webb Simpson seems a little safer than Tiger Woods. Like, mm-hmm. I kind Always of feel a like...
0: Always safe pick. Yeah, safe as yeah, houses. I yeah. Think,
1: yeah, I think Webb Simpson's kind of, like... I think his floor is actually higher right now than Tiger's floor is. Uh, but I don't think... I mean, you know, and he definitely can win. It's not like his upside isn't the same win that it is for Tiger... Jason Day's been playing well, but I don't remember anything about how he played last week. I'm not even sure.
0: I didn't see a shot. Did
1: play. Right. I'm not even sure he did play. All. He did. He, must have missed he, the he, cut. he missed the cut three over. Yeah.
0: And I think I think last play was like eight over. Like if you're shooting three over over two rounds, you yeah.
1: Uh, At he, a golf course, the thirty under par yeah. wins. I'm yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm a little. Yeah. I'm a little. So not a, not a yeah. good sign. Nah.
1: I think I would pick Tiger if you didn't pick him, but for the sake of, uh, of a little bit of variety here, I'm going to go with Webster. Nice. No, I'm going to take the safe
0: route. It's a fucking good pick. Uh, group C uh,
1: Mark Leishman, Matt Fitzpatrick. Ooh,
0: Hattin, he fucked us up this week. He made us look like a no, dick.
1: <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Terrell Hatton, Sung J M, Abe Anser, and Louis Oosthuizen. Louis had a week. He, did. Well, he, he really pro- I, did. I mean, it's one of those where it's like, uh, you know, it's easy to forget because he lost by like 15 or something. I mean, he lost by 17 shots. And that includes he played poorly on Sunday. 65, 65, 68, 73. So, I mean, he finished tied 13th. And I just love his everything about his golf swing. Uh, oof. I think I'm going to go. My my fear here is I don't really know how this golf course is going to play at all. Like my only recollection is from the U S open when there was like a healthy amount of rough. And it's still like, well, if I remember right, Furyk, it didn't take even part of winning. He, he had to go lower than that. Uh, so I don't really know what, what, demographic of player is well-suited for this golf course. Sung J.M. hasn't shown a lot of form. You know what? I'm just going to go with my heart, and I'm going to go with Played well last week. Had one bad day. Such a pure striker of the golf balls. Floor is probably pretty high. I could do worse than to take Louie.
0: Yeah, look, I, I'd pick Louis Tyson just for his tempo. The man has got the most rhythmical tempo. You watch him warm up on the range; is 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 what, like watching buttermelt. melt. Like, uh, I, I will speak for days about Louis Tiesen because I think, I think it's easy as I guess a short, I guess not too charismatic South African to go and notice. But the guy's got some prestige uh, in, in in his in his golfing career. Um, he's got a beautiful swing, and I think it's a really good pick. Um, this like look Fitzpatrick. Five over par I think I think the t- playing with Tiger Woods definitely affected him. He <laughs> seemed like I agree the the golfing gods were not on his side as well. He had a few you know, had a few uh, horrible sort of uh lip outs and um three sixties and whatnot, but um his game his game didn't look all that good. I think he rectified it on the Friday maybe with like a with a five under par. I think he finished at like level par missed the cut still. Um Turtle Hatton had a very good week. Uh, he came into his own. He, I think he's top twenty FedEx Cup. Um like, he's shown good form all season. Uh, it's hard for me to, to move away from, from Turl Hatton. Mark Leishman's been very quiet. Uh, no reason for me to pick him. I think Turl Hatton's a momentum player. I think momentum's with him. He's, I think he's I think he's really... I think he's got a bit between his teeth, a bit of a chip in his shoulder, which I absolutely love. I think he's using it to his advantage. We talk about intensity. No, there's not many guys on tour who play with as much intensity, outward-facing as, as Tyrell Hatton. Um... I'm gonna go with I'm going to go Tyrrell. Like it's it's getting to the it's getting to the end of that season. I think he feels like he's got a lot to prove to people, even though he's won the Arnold Palmer. I think like look, imagine if he got a fucking he won a FedEx Cup or, or at least one a yeah, won he's a got playoff a lot event. to play for. That yeah, for sure. lot of prestige. Like if he wins a playoff event, well, that's like elevated again. Uh, it, maybe he replaces Tommy Fleetwood as being like a, you know one of our most exciting prospects. And maybe like you know Tommy Fleetwood's back on the plane home. He didn't he didn't make it to the. Um, he didn't make it to to, to the BMW this time round. So, look, I, I think Tyrrell Hatton could quite become England's best best prospect, and I think he's. I think that's maybe what's driving him. Um, and I think any wins in the next few weeks for Tyrrell would again raise his profile somewhat. Um, and I just love the competitiveness, the intensity, the the aggression he plays I with. Um, so I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he plays well, but he's he's my pick.
1: Not a bad choice, and he played well in spurts last week
0: he had a 63 last week didn't he
1: right he shot 67 71 63 72 so it was kind of like some days he had it some days he didn't uh it's there it just can he clean it up a little bit
0: yeah that's it and i
1: also think too i also think too that his short game strikes me as pretty good and uh at a golf course where 30 under wins that kind of like (laughs) if you even need your short game you're already fucked, you know, at a category yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, if it's going to take 30 under to win, like, you don't really get to be missing very many greens to be, to be competitive. Oh, no, exactly. Group exactly. D, Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, Paul Casey, Colin Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Reed. This is an interesting group. Uh, Colin, Colin didn't didn't play very well with his irons. I, I I
0: I saw a lot of missed iron shots from from these highlights, like you know, like thirty yard right and short kind of irons. Like, um, it something wasn't firing for him. Um, maybe just. I know, also hot, think you know, too
1: that there might be a little hungover. altitude sickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. That you know, he's he's gone from zero to like level ten. Wow! In terms he said of altitude like sickness.
0: You, sorry, yeah. sorry, to cut you off, but the, the, the someone on golf TV, uh, one of the commentators, made in a fucking amazing analogy about how these young players are approaching life on tour, and what they, they what they likened it to was like climbing Mount Everest. And what a lot of these players are trying to do is find base camp. Right, Matthew Wolf, perfect example. Victor Hovland, a good example of you know they're consistently putting themselves towards the to you know in the back nine of uh, back line on a Sunday. No, they're getting closer and closer to competing and contending, they're getting acclimatized, they're learning how to breathe how to I guess, um I guess, you know, um have a little bit of endurance at, at that height, uh to to a point where they're comfortable and then, you know, as, as they want to peak, they can they can really apply themselves at those sort of uh at those high altitude levels. And I almost feel that's a little bit what um what what, what Colin Morikova has been doing, right? Like maybe he's just a bit exhausted because it's a lot, it's it's a lot very quickly to have experienced and to have achieved. Um, and I think I, I really like the analogy. It was, it was pretty cool And I just you, think uh, like yeah.
1: how on earth at some point, like your focus level is going to take a step back Yeah. when like, when, when it, you've like fire hose to the face accomplished way more in the early part of your career than you ever could have thought. I think it's going to take a little bit of like, yeah, sort of like, okay, I'm in a totally different spot than I thought I would be at this stage of my life. Too right. Let me. Enjoy I need it. a little bit enjoy of time it. to acclimate myself to that. Yeah. Enjoy
0: it as well. Like I, like, as, as driven as I might have been as a as a professional golfer, some like I like to think into the life, into the parallel universe where I am an amazing uh, PJ Tour play golfer that I'd enjoy my wins. <laughs> you know, for sure. Like, come on. You know, like, that. like how- Why wouldn't you? Like, yeah, we can take it to the Tiger Extreme and get back on the range in the morning after a major win, but like, I'd fucking, I'd be pouring Guinness into, into my trophies and, and getting shit-faced.
1: <laughs> no doubt about it, and I would have a pretty hard time getting up for the Northern Trots. You know?
0: tell me about it, yeah. So, fair, fair play. Um, Fair play, but it'd be, I, th- I think, I, th- like, I kind of feel like I'm speaking for both of us, Where there's just one glaringly obvious pick for out this group, it's and we both know it's Berger.
1: <laughs> I agree. Yeah. How can you I mean, not pick is. him? He played well last week too.
0: How can you not pick him? He's been he's been the most consistent golfer since the restart, and it's it's hard to see, like his name's getting that familiar in the top ten of events. It's hard to see him not featuring every week. Like he's really showing a he, great level of quality.
1: If I had said a year ago, oh, I, know, I mean, right? Colin Morikawa is another guy that you thought like. But a year ago, if I had, if I had said out of this group of six, the no brainer would be Daniel Berger, he'd be like, Pfft. you know. So I I think like a lot of bigger names, Finau, Casey, Reed, Matsuyama, those are some big names. But I agree, I think I think Berger's the no brainer choice there. Um, yeah,
0: yeah like there's, there's not much more to be said. Like his form's off the charts, of course. Group
1: E. Ah, <laughs> uh, what I think group that is how you, Hold hold on, I want to go. But he just oh, sorry. texted me sorry. that we misspelled Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I'm I, pretty sure that's how you spell Colin Morikawa. What with the double L and Colin? With yes, what I believe he does the. Oh yes, fair, fair play. I believe he does the double L.
0: Well, if you, you obviously know more than me, but I, I just thought it was a uh, <laughs>
1: holy shit. I thought that holy shit. I've never seen too, Colin truth, like, spelled I've, like that. I know, I've never. I, I know me neither <laughs> i had never seen but then i was starting to think when you sent it to me i was like have i been screwing this up that whole that time looks so wrong like that's the first i time know I've it looks really that, weird it must be it's like my eyes are thing, just, what the fuck it's the only thing i even knew about him for the first like year i had heard of him <laughs> it was like oh he's the guy that spells colin funny you know Oh, i, I, I literally I, I, I don't know I,
0: have I just been looking at C. Morikawa this whole time? Like, how have I it's not
1: possible. noticed that <laughs> it's shit? definitely impossible.
0: Like, whoa! Root. Is my brain being that accustomed to one spelling of colon that I've just looked at that word differently? This is like, this is fucking with my mind a little bit, Sam. Let's move on.
1: Like, well, it's like it's that's kind of like uh, I forget that study that they did where it was like they replaced the pink there was like a stop dress sign thing. Right. It was like the stop sign that everybody had driven by for years, and they replaced it with a stop sign shape. But the stick figures were two people having sex, and like 95% <laughs> of people didn't even notice. Yeah, exactly. You know, like didn't see it. They've driven by that stop sign 800 times. Like they've looked at it, they, they have a certain mental expectation of what to see. Groupie Billy Horshall, Charles Hall, Matt Kuchar, Bubba Watson, Kevin Kisner, Kevin Nah. This is a hard group. But it is tough, the, but between the, the cabins, the right? kids, the kid. Yeah, but I agree with between the Cavins. and the kids has been hot. What can you say? <laughs> the kids has been hot, man. Like I, I again, because he's a bit of a
0: joker, right? And we see some funny content from his side, and uh, he just sort of a you know a guy who doesn't really take himself too seriously. We see him on those weird gimmicks on the putting green a few weeks back, but like I think, I think what a lot of people don't know about Kevin Kisner is how resilient that motherfucker is. Um. He his match play record is impeccable. His is his, his, uh, his fellow Americans love having one as part of the as part of having the as part of the team events. Um, and if I think it was the it was a Dell Technologies. I think he lost seven and six to Bubba Watson in the final of that event. But before that, he was absolutely flawless. He's a he's a real steely competitor. He's got an amazing flat stick as well. That thing gets
1: hot. And by the way, I mean, if you're looking at his last five four golf tournaments. 4th at the Northern Trust, 3rd at the Wyndham, 19th at the PGA, 25th at the FedEx St. Jude. That's you look hard. at his last eight rounds, and it's 69, 64, 65, 64, 65, 66, 70, 66.
0: Oh, Pretty wow. Pretty good. Yeah. So, you so, know, so, I yeah, mean, what is solid. that?
1: Six rounds of 66 or better in his last eight rounds? I'll take the kiss.
0: The, the kids is a great show, but I, I tell you who I'm going to pick, right, which... He's, he's. I think he's he's twentieth in the FedEx Cup rankings. Uh, how have I missed Kevin Na being the top twenty in the FedEx Cup? Like, how 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 have I missed this? Like, uh, I thought uh-huh. I was. I thought I was a fan of of, of professional golf in the, in the P J tour. And somehow if you'd have asked me what kind of season Kevin Nall had this year, I would have told you he's been a, he's been a, a non contest. He's been a, a we, we say in England, there's a, there's a phrase when you play cricket, Sam, like you can bat 11th, you can not ball and you can feel in the worst position, which means essentially you do fuck all in the game and you get a TFC, which is a thanks for coming. I, I would have thought Kevin Nall had a thanks for coming season. Like I don't remember him doing anything and he's, He's sitting there 21st in the, in the, in the FedEx cup rankings.
1: Like he's got, you know if you look, <laughs> if you look at his season, where's the part that's supposed to blow your skirt up? Like he finished basically last at the, at Kapalua, the tournament of champions 17th in Palm Springs. Okay. That's not bad. Missed the cut in Phoenix 14th at Pebble. Okay. Not bad, not competitive, but not bad. Missed the cut at Riviera, ninth at the WGC Mexico. Compe- you know, not bad, but not competitive. Arnold Palmer, thirty-six, missed the cut at Charles Schwab, fifth at TPC River Highlands, ninth at Memorial, 35th 39th at the FedEx and the Northern Trust. Withdrew from the Rocket Mortgage, missed the cut at the PGA. None of this is great.
0: Where's he got his points from?
1: I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> they must be weight He must uh, have just. He must have just top tened it where they've been weighted higher. Better.
1: Yeah, I mean, you but but you look at those. You know, maybe I'm gonna go back to the fall series. He's played 19 events, which is he almost won. High. He lost in a playoff in Vegas. That he got some FedEx Cup points for, I'm sure. Pretty, I mean, if you look active. at his earnings, if you look at his earnings for the year, he's made two point, basically two point eight million. Oh my of god! Of which one point two million was the week he he lost in a playoff. So, I mean, he got half of his one week, which I imagine as far as his FedEx Cup points, he got a lot of those that week, too. And then that's, he's had, like, enough, right. enough top tens, but none of it, like, None of those results belong on your radar, <laughs> you know.
0: No, but no, not not at all. But you've you, you've got to think like he's finishing. Like the thing is, he's you know, yeah, he's finished. Yeah, he's twenty first at first cup, which suggests he's had a few good performances. But it's not like he's had a load of consistent top thirties where he's just made the cut nearly every event. He's, he's had he's had plenty of miscuts as well. So, like, I don't know how I feel about him still. Even though he is top, even though he's twenty first and would indicate a very good season to date. I don't know. Like I, I kind of like talked myself out of picking him again. Um, and The kid seems the obvious choice, but Kevin is just going to go ahead and make a top ten this week, isn't he? When I say that, so I'm going to I'm going to st- I'm going to stick with my original Kevin Hart. But um, we've, I've, I kind of talked myself out of it. To be
1: very frank with you, <laughs> <laughs> who can blame you? I'm going to um, move on to Group F before yeah. you can change it. Uh, Cameron Champ, <laughs> Max Homa, Matthew Wolf. Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, Maverick McNeely. This has been a popular group over the weeks, and there's been a kind of an interesting ebb and flow in that group of who felt like the favorite. Like, there was a time when Victor Hovland seemed like such a no-brainer in this group, and I'm not sure he still isn't. Nah. But Scotty Scheffler made an awfully good case last week. Matthew Wolf is is showing up. It, he, he's kind of feasting famine. Cameron Champ's a little bit that way. I think I'm going to take Victor Hovland because he's been so consistent. I mean, he hasn't missed a cut since COVID. Uh, you know, he's obviously got some high-end finishes. I think he's got a lot to play for as far as trying to advance in the FedEx Cup and make it to Eastlake, mm. make the Tour Championship. These are goals that matter to him. Uh, and he's been good to me. He hasn't really left in a way where I've been too disappointed with him. So I think I'm going to go with Victor Hovland.
0: Yeah, it's he's twenty fourth in the uh in the FedEx Cup list, which is which is a is a you know, it's a funny spot to be because, you know, thirtieth is very close to you. So you've still got a lot to play for still. Uh, but at the same time, if you put in a few good performances now, you you could set yourself up for uh for, for one of those players in the top ten that gets an advantage going into East Lake. So definitely quite a cool quite a nice position for Victor to be in enough motivation to to keep him going and enough sort of reward um from, from, from to try and bring out his best. So I definitely think that's a good pick, but he he has sort of faded off a little bit, and maybe maybe you no know, that level of consistency was just I guess a bit too much to keep up. Um, we will see. Scotty Scheffler, his name has gone from being someone who I who I didn't really know much about a year ago to kind of being a bit of a staple on talk, a guy that I sort of now expecting really good golf from, um, which says a lot about his performances and, and what he's shown. So I'm like I'm torn between Hovland, Hovland and Scheffler. Um Schefter's caddy any news on whether he's back this week
1: Don't know the answer to that
0: You know he's a young guy how how well is he going to fare if he's got to get a filling caddy Um I right, I don't I don't, I don't know enough about his family situation all I know is he's still a pretty inexperienced player how much is he relying on his on his caddy for some emotional support during that, I don't know. So it's it's he's a bit of a volatile pick. I made a very volatile pick in group E with Kevin Nall. Um So I'm I'm gonna to edge towards my you know a guy who I who I've really admired and watching and enjoys consistency and that uh that's the European star that is uh, Victor Hovland. I'm gonna go with Victor.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think he's a bad pick, and uh, he's a career I'm interested to watch because he seems like an excellent ball striker with incredible short game deficiencies. And so I'm intrigued to watch over the next however long, can he overcome that and become like a Colin Morikawa? Because it seems like from a ball striking perspective, that Victor Hovland, when he's playing well, he's pretty competitive as far as quality of, of, you know, ball striking. You know, he he can be 15, 16, 17 greens a day guy. For sure, you know, and and so he's not only a, a guy that I'm interested to watch this week, but he's an interesting guy from a, a career going forward standpoint. Yeah, I he, think in yeah. the next two or three years, we're going to find out if he's someone we're going to be hearing from all the time, or maybe not.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see that as well. And another thing I'm really excited to see is when Americans finally realize that he will be on uh, Team Europe uh, come the Ryder Cup, which I think not a lot of I don't think the pennies dropped quite yet for, for a lot of American fans.
1: You guys are gonna love him in all shot.
0: Oh god, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I can't. I literally can't wait to watch that guy's career unfold. And one further point before we round up this week, uh, Sam, is the legend that is Phil Mickelson is making his debut in the Champions Tour today. What a what First a legend! Up. What a legend for playing that event.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, and I don't know why he wouldn't want. Like. A lot of these people out there are guys you grew up playing with. You know, I think it'd be really fun. It's almost like a, a, a throwback, yeah, high school reunion every week, you know, <laughs> in like a good way, though, like see, seeing buddies you haven't seen in a while and all that. It seems to me like Phil would really in- enjoy that atmosphere. And uh, I also agree with people who say that it's important for Phil to go play. In a scenario where he's getting himself into the hunt a lot, uh, that like when he's finishing, when he's missing cuts on the tour, that there's like an element of Phil where he can just like check out or he gets like lost, you know, and just kind of like floating around between a bunch of you know. Remember a couple of weeks ago we saw him like he's doing the pause with the putter and he's got the the driver <laughs> under his arms and it's like oh my god, like you know. And I think sometimes. Feels like the guy that if you give him too much quiet time, he fills it the wrong way, you know. And so, I do think that getting him into competitive mode where he's playing the game and he's not trying to like solve a riddle in his head, you know, I think is, is going to be good for him. I also think uh, that tournament, as I understand it, is Wednesday, is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Mm, correct, yeah. The senior tour should do that every fucking week like why yeah. on earth the senior tour isn't taking the the wide open what's the golf channel had to air on monday tuesdays and wednesdays apart from like, i don't some, need to apart see from Blair O'Neill, big break about 81 yeah. yeah big break 37 like i'm good i don't need to see that no just you show know, us like, just uh,
0: shows three hours of champions tour showing the names that we still to look like we grew up love watching you no, know, knocking the ball around and having a smile on the face. I'm watching some exquisite golf. Those guys play some nifty wedge shots from like sixty, seventy yards. The pitching that, like the pitching ability of those old guys, you can tell they've still got it because you know you can tell they still got that the golfing hands don't. it when it's like you know like sixty to hundred yards in, there's still a bit of finesse in there.
1: Yeah, and I'm at an age where I grew up with a lot of these guys. Yeah. you know, like I, I, like these guys were a lot of them were. First, groups of golfers that I admired, you know, and, and so I think I never really thought I'd, I'd become one, but like, a, a, you know, as a senior tour, I could, if uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I could see myself being a senior tour guy, absolutely.
0: Oh, same. I I could I could get used to senior tour golf. Like I'm I'm the kind of guy who can watch any any sport as well. Like as a kid, I watched ten pin bowling if it was fucking on. And there was a competition around it. Like be- <laughs> beach football, I remember watching. Like i would watch anything. And if if I could watch a bunch of a bunch of legend PJ tour legends teed up with the odd random guy who's just randomly made it on the senior tour, then like I'm gonna watch it because that's the thing. That's what like some if, if if I get if I accrue any sort of wealth um at an early stage of my life. You 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 you, you, you got You better believe that I'm going to aim for the senior tour. Like I'm, I'm going for the tour. If, if if I accrue enough wealth at, like, say 38, where I've got 12 years ahead of me, surely I can get good enough to play senior tour golf. Surely.
1: You got to think that's not the first time that thought's occurred to so many people. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's the only. I'll Wait, say it, bring me down. The only... Thanks for killing my dreams, <laughs> dickhead. It's the, <laughs> well, I was just thinking about that the senior tour. I forget. Uh, I was just listening to another podcast that had a guy on it who said, literally, he was like a former NHL hockey player. And uh, like, he's like a scratch handicap. And they're like, well, why don't you get your game ready for the senior tour? And he's like, those guys are so fucking good. You know, he's like, "And, and but it's yeah. the only thing in sports where there's really an attractive option late in your life for like a competitive resurgence. Like there's no seniors football there's no senior like there's a little bit of seniors tennis you know but it's like senior tour golf is pretty close to you would real if, thing, if I gave yeah. you the choice right if I gave you the choice between being a very successful player on the senior tour or not being a professional golfer at all you would still do it you know like if, if you wanted to play seniors tennis I don't think you'd like get into it that much no, like you, i don't think even someone who likes tennis would want to do that it doesn't seem what's like it's better
0: sam at 53 years old than have an excuse to travel the world playing some amazing courses whilst also uh being able to conveniently neglect the wife you probably don't like like <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely i jest, i jest. um but on, on, on that on that bombshell uh let's uh let's wrap up this week sam a really good episode there i thought and and for for all listeners out there um our next guest is uh the one and only eric Anders lang uh we record on thursday and i think i'll be posting that early next week so keep uh keep posting always a pleasure buddy cheers sam take it easy you too